he had a front row seat for the Iran hostage crisis, the fall of the Berlin Wall, and Nelson Mandela's release. A Mideast nation's former prime minister once deferred to him when they were jointly asked a question, saying, I dare say you no more. Welcome to Rethinking the News. I'm this week's host, Clay Collins. I'm talking about the Monitor's Ned Temko, who has a journalist's pedigree that's second to none. Based now in London, he's also been posted to Lisbon, Brussels, Beirut, Moscow, Jerusalem, and Johannesburg. He's with us today to talk about how he approaches his regular analysis column, which, as he says, looks at what's going on in the world that is truly significant and asks, what does it mean and how do we understand it? Ned, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. We talked off mic about your remarkable decades-long career covering big news, and sometime back you revived a storied Monitor franchise once called Patterns of Diplomacy, in which the great Joe Harsh sliced and diced geopolitics looking at context and precedence. Can you talk a little about how you've approached what we now just call patterns in a way that suits the times we're in? In one basic way, what Joe did for all those many years and what I'm trying to do now do share something that's important, a kind of wide-angle, even fisheye lens. It's about taking a step back and looking at the parts of the picture that you wouldn't ordinarily see and drawing connections, patterns, the differences between patterns of diplomacy and the patterns we do now has much more to do with the different world we live in. Talk about the origin of a patterns column. What are the preconditions you look for and how do you go about shaping such a column? I look for events that are happening sometimes on opposite sides of the world, but certainly in different countries. And I try to get a sense of the patterns that connect not only the events, but the kind of impetus behind the events, not only among the political leadership, but grassroots impulses in different countries. One example was another patterns column related to the Ukraine war, but it was basically about the choice that Western Europe faces with the prospect of a cutoff of Russian natural gas, particularly to countries like Germany, which are very dependent on it, and the degree to which that might erode popular and government support for a tough line against Russia And uh, rather than talk about the political considerations in each of the major countries, you know, how much dependence on energy there is in country A or country B, what I found striking as a kind of pattern subject was the whole notion of solidarity that has underpinned the European Union in particular in its response to Ukraine. You have these very, very different West European countries who at least so far have buried their national or even their local differences or local interests. This is not so much a me moment as a we moment. Some of the work of spotting patterns is anticipatory, obviously, but it it must be important not to try to be too predictive. You mentioned Ukraine just now and how the early takes by so many people ended up being wrong. How do you manage that? I'm very careful because my instinct on the eve of the Russian invasion, I'm sure would have been along with most others except the Ukrainians themselves to assume the Russians would at least initially get the upper hand very quickly. And boy, would I have been wrong. 
I think one thing that safeguards against this is the old wide-angle lens. And again, my initial Ukraine column is a good example. I began by saying that this is Europe's 9-11. And I didn't know how it would play out, but I did know that we were witnessing a real major tectonic shift. And whatever the response was in the West and whatever Putin did next, the world would look very different and people's responses were likely to be very different than before this invasion. That required less, I guess, specific prediction, but it had the virtue of being true, I think. Now, you're kind of on the forefront of another evolution at the Monitor, where we're finding that there is a natural universality to the news when you take it to the level of humanity. Regular people everywhere are mostly interested in things like safety, security, fairness, freedom, and I want to rattle off a few columns in which you've made this connection. You looked at global compassion being galvanized on Ukraine. You looked at cooperation and compromise in fighting political ideologues around the world. Can you talk about how you found those qualities? I think it's more a question of these qualities and values finding me. Everywhere you look for patterns in human events these days, because the world that Joe Harsh reported on in the 20th century is under such pressure. People feel unmoored in a way. They feel a lack of security, a lack of certainty, a lack of connection, that the response in major news events more often than not involves people looking for ways to recapture these core values. The column you mentioned on global compassion in Ukraine I started out like other columnists being quite surprised by the way in which political leaders and governments had come together. But what struck me the deeper I looked was that this was powered by a real grassroots human response and a kind of natural empathy, a natural sense of connection with the ordinary Ukrainians who were forced to cower in their apartments or to flee altogether. If you scratch beneath the surface, I think there's kind of a common thirst nowadays for the kind of certainty and security that you mentioned that used to be, despite all the conflict and tension in the world, used to be much more within reach to ordinary people. Why would you say this approach, this calling out of qualities, is so needed today? change in the media and the, the stress to old world structures has combined to make easy solutions to very complex issues seem hugely tempting. And it's favored people with ostensibly easy, simple solutions. And it's uh, fueled anger. It's getting more difficult to occupy the middle ground of politics. And my long experience as a reporter is that that's where most people naturally are. And what I'm writing about, and it, it's often inspiring to write about, and that is not to invent the positive, but just to take a step back and notice them. And I've lived in and covered authoritarian countries and democracies, in poor countries and rich countries, but I'm always struck by the communality that marks out people's kind of simple human response particularly at times of stress. It's important to take note of that. Ned, I want to thank you so much for bringing our listeners up to speed. Well, thank you very much. It's been a privilege to work for The Monitor. 
Thanks for listening. To read Ned's columns, go to csmonitor.com. This story was hosted by me, Clay Collins, and produced by Jingnan Pang, with additional editing by Samantha Liney-Perfuss. Our studio engineers were Tim Malone and Noel Flatt. Copyright by the Christian Science Monitor, 2022.